Hello and welcome to Good Show, the podcast helping you answer one of the most daunting questions in television. What am I watching next? I'm Brandon Sharp. And I'm Anthony Mako. And on this episode of Good Show, we are discussing Slow Horses. This spy thriller opens on River, an up-and-coming hotshot MI5 agent in the throes of a high-intensity mission that we later learn is a training exercise. Now, I'm going to have to spoil the outcome of the training exercise in order to set up the rest of the show. River makes a large mistake, resulting in a simulated train explosion and the death of everyone on board. This mistake lands River at Slough House, the branch of MI5 reserved for the screw-ups and misfits. Slough House falls under the charge of Jackson Lamb, played by Gary Oldman, a Cold War legend and black sheep of the British intelligence community. And this is where our story begins. Slow Horses was adapted from a series of novels written by Mick Herron and aired on Apple TV Plus for the first time in April of 2022. The show has already been renewed for seasons three and four. And with that, Anthony, let's talk Slow Horses. Let's do it. Brandon only does shows that are based off books. That's the bottom line. Those are the best shows, I think. Are they? I, I think good, it's I nice. I think it's nice when you have source material, something to pull from. I feel like it sure. makes a, a little bit more of a stable. I don't know why it shakes out that way, but the stuff I end up liking the best comes from like a book usually. Yeah. Plus you, well, I, I mean, you read a lot of the books, so. Yeah. But I mean, even like, even like Lord of the Rings, I mean, so just all, you know, based on literature sure. or yeah. written source material. Well, if I remember correctly, and I don't know that I do, we, we're, we found this show separately, right? Were we both in on it kind of separately or? Um, I know. I mean, you're the one that pushed me to watch it. I, I saw it on Apple TV early on, but I wasn't okay. compelled to watch it until you said, hey, this show's great. Which seems strange. This doesn't seem like something, definitely seems like something I would watch. Doesn't seem like something I would recommend to someone because- like I, this reminds me of like a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, which I love, but I never recommend because it's slow and it's yeah. kind of, it's on the boring. I think a lot yeah, of people I find mean, it boring. I'll give you that, but it's not as, I'm not. It's not like that. No, it's not that slow. Yeah. Well, so yeah. let's skip, let's just skip right to it. What kind of show is this? Certainly spy thriller. Um, and I was actually mm -hmm. thinking about, I, I don't know if you want to talk about this now, but I was actually thinking about how I really, really like spy thrillers set in Britain rather than the United States. And I was trying to think about why that sort of is. Um, and it's almost like, uh, the, the Brits have a way more skeptical view of everything, which is really funny, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. The United States sets always sets up this like there's a clear good and a clear bad and it's you know it's usually like somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, military propaganda or something like that where yeah. it's just like well obviously the military is good and whoever it is is bad. Um, spy and, spy thrillers created by Americans are are yeah. drastically different. I think we're going to yeah. get into this a little bit later. Okay, it okay, might, okay. It might go there, but I think you're exactly right. I think yeah. the European spy thrillers have. Uh, more of the cold war feels than, yeah. uh, than, than your Jack Ryan's and, and what have you. Um, and there is no pure, there's nobody pure in it. Everybody's got a little dirt on them and there. So it's just like a lot of, 
maybe the best outcome comes from the least you admire the person who does the game, plays the game the best, right. not who's the most pure, which is just a, so fun to watch. It wouldn't be fun to live in, but it's fun to watch. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, it is more about, it is more about playing the game. Yeah. It's more about the spy craft. It's more about the subterfuge. I, I am personally fascinated by that angle mm-hmm. that uh, stories told like that. Yeah. Um, without a clear right a clear wrong mm-hmm. you know it's it's in the they live in the gray area yeah, same i i think they're com- super compelling i i love i love slow horses um and it ends up probably being my favorite type of spy thriller but we can mm. tackle that a little Pick more up, later yeah. yeah yeah um show looks pretty good though oh Apple yeah tv plus is i mean they're they're putting money in their shows it's it's pretty obvious it's I've real. I mean, if there's one thing I've come to trust about Apple TV Plus, it's whatever the show is, it's going to look awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. uh, I actually, yeah. in my quick hits way later on, I've got uh, several of examples of that where it's just like, well, if anything else, it this is going to be maybe one of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen. It's just like they're yeah. really putting a lot of work into that. For sure. For sure. Well, ensemble cast. Yep. British, mostly British cast. And I think quite a few unknowns yeah anyone stand out any any actors stand out to you um anyone we recognize from anything else well you are the one asking the question so i feel bad that you don't get to give this answer because this is your boy but uh gary oldman is just unbelievably good in this show and it's his show sort of like he's the it is ensemble but he's the main character i would say in the show yeah and um, there's a couple main characters, but uh, he's one of the main, and he's just phenomenal as he always mm-hmm. is. So it's not it's not that weird. But um, he's is he British? I'm sorry, this is so ignorant of me. But is he British? Well, you put me on the spot. I've got to say, I mean, I'm 99 percent sure he is British. Yes, yes, he's British for sure. Yep, British. Yeah. <laughs> You know who else is good? The lady that plays uh, Taverner, and she's from Fleabag. Uh huh. Yep. She's great. I loved her in Fleabag. She had a, um, I don't know, just a uh, real. She had a quality about her in Fleabag. And she I really has the same quality in this show too. Yeah, I, I think she's really good. I always. Uh, oh man, let's just get let's just get weird here. I guess. There you go. Um, you know she's a, it? she's a fair amount older than me. I I imagine. But when I watch the show, I'm like, man, she's, that's an attractive woman. Well, I think that attractiveness really comes through in Fleabag. Uh-huh. And th- there's like, cause there's that really, <laughs> this is the Fleabag episode apparently, but th- there's <laughs> that really good scene between her oh, yeah. and Phoebe. Uh, shoot. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I, I agree. She is, she was like in the original Mission Impossible movie and she was quite a bit younger then, but she's way better like in some of these later roles that i've seen her and i really like her a lot yeah i feel like Um, i should i'm sorry i should i do not i don't know there's all sorts of ways i could probably offend people with that and i I mean hurt people's feelings not even if i don't usually care mm. about offending i don't mean like her age um is a negative thing i'm just saying the distance between me and her is is large and but still there's something about her to me and also like i'm not going to date her it's just like, yeah. oh, but it's it's some sort of recognition of 
that's an attractive person um, who's, and mm-hmm. hopefully she is as much older than me as I think she is. I don't know. I really love Olivia Cook. Okay. She, yeah, yeah. she was in Ready Player One, the movie. Yep. She was in yep. Bates Motel, which is a, is a series I watched like a, oh, really? like about a, dec- a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. I got really into the Norman Bates character for a while, which seems strange to say now, but um, she was in, that's the first place I saw her was in the Bates Motel series. And she's been in a few things. She was just in House of Dragon, mm-hmm. which is on your docket. Yeah. To, it's com- I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. To watch. It's she's com- real good in that. Um, anyway, I'm a, I'm a big Olivia Cook fan and she's only in season one, but she's great in season one. Yep. And the other kind of standout Jack Loden plays River oh, Cartwright. He's I great. Mean, I was, he's who he, I was going to say next. Yeah. He's really good. I think he is a BBC actor. My wife was just watching something and I saw okay. him. So I think he's probably dancing around in some of those other okay. BBC series, but he's, he's like really, and he's sort of, which is a theme in this show, but he's sort of understated and he, uh-huh. m- he might be like number two on the building behind Gary Coleman. I think he probably is the but intention it's funny, of the in show. Some w- in some ways it's like, his story being told. Right. Totally. But Especially like Gary, it opens up on him. Gary Oldman's like clearly Jackson Lamb's clearly like the main character, but yeah, yeah. The story opens on him and I feel like we, he just gets a lot of screen time. Yep. You follow his character a lot. Yep. So it, it's in some ways his story, but Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman looms largely over the, the entire cast. Yeah. And it's probably worth mentioning here that, um, the narrative of the show is basically that there's um, there's a group of outcast spies in this mm-hmm. other house of MI5 that's, for whatever reason, like like we know, they can't be fired. or you know We're not firing them, but we're going to put them off on their own. They're not going to have any real responsibility because they've messed up in some way or, or they've just annoyed someone or you know something like that. We just don't mm-hmm. want them in the main thing. I bring that up now to sort of say every one of these main characters is an outcast of some sort, but they're also the heroes of the show. They're yep. the main characters in the show, which I just think is such a fine line to have to walk, but they do it so well. So you have to like the outcastness of each of these characters and normal, like they're outcasts. So no, there's no reason for you to do that, um, mm-hmm. but they do it so well. And even just like River is it's almost like his, his flaw is that he's too sweet and he's too likable and you know, there's different things like that. They just found really good ways. Uh, and Gary Oldman is so persnickety and grumpy and, you know, just like whatever. And he goes so far that you just laugh. Like he provides the comic relief. So the, it's like this anti hero ensemble of spy, network it, it, it's just a really interesting line to have to draw and they do a really really good job of it i think yeah and i mean i think it would be an interesting because who and th- this is a question we might get into later a little bit but who who writes stories about you know the misfit yeah mi5 agents yeah. everyone wants the story about the the top dog yep. you know the the james reese's and the the jack ryan's and the, they they want the the best of the best of the best written, you know, reading stories about those guys. Yeah. This is a, a very interesting story being told here. And I think it comes from, it's a fresh perspective. You know, it's a, it's a fresh take on, um, on this, on the spy thriller. Yeah. And speaking of story season one, season two, yep. 
compare and contrast a little bit because I, I mean, I think hot, like literally hot and cold for me a little bit. Oh yeah. Two is better than one. Yeah. That's okay, what I okay, was, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, two, as far as like the, the clip at which it moves on, I think the yes, story yes. is good in both. Uh, yeah. I think the story is better in two though. It's, I, it is, um, it is better. And you, it is better. I think you probably don't notice, um, because of the order it's in, you know, fortunately it's in the right order in that one is a step toward two. I just think two is really, really good. And one is okay. It's like a bike with training wheels on it for a a spy thriller. And then you take the training wheels off for, for season two. And it, it really gets, uh, it's one doesn't, one doesn't feel two is way more intense than one which is what you're looking for in a spy thriller. Yeah. I was thinking today, I flipped on season one again. I was thinking, why didn't they start with season two? Season one has an interesting story, I thought. And I was like, this is good. I would have liked this way more after watching season two. Oh, interesting. Because, I th- because it introduced the characters better? Well, because or, I like would you- have been familiar with all the characters already. Yeah. I would have been locked into the story. I would have been, you know, familiar of like the, how the world works a little bit. Yeah. Um, all, some of that heavy lifting was already done. I would have, I don't know, like it, it really, I really struggled to stay locked in on season one when I watched it last year. Well, there, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. thing is, you know, it's interesting. We were going to do an episode and, and I remember texting you like, I'm just not enthusiastic about this at all. And oh yeah, I think were, I finished it before you did. And you it were like, those, then yeah. we probably shouldn't, you know, we, this is, you know, we probably shouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and then season two happened. I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. I, I, I love it. So, I mean, there's, I don't know. there's I a lot like you it, learn in one though, that is, is, is yes. good and is certainly yes. helpful for two. Um, but there's, there's elements of one that what, what, I, I don't know if you want to like nail the main narrative, in one, but the main narrative in one is probably the problem, not the problem, but just not as good as the main narrative in two. There are elements of one though, like, and like the interplay between the agency, not agencies. There's the same agency, but the interplay between the two the houses, the houses, the houses and, uh, how the, and the interplay between, uh, Diana and Jackson and you know, how they, their relationship. And so all of that, if you didn't know that for two, they don't feed you that as, as much into, you just have to already know it. Season two feels like they actually got a story of their own. Like they actually had something to do. Yeah. You know, and season one felt feels more like they're spying on, spying on the other house or um, cleaning up the other house's mess. Yeah. Which feels to me more like a season two story. Yeah. I don't know why it just, it clicked with me yeah. today when I was watching, I was like, Oh, this just feels like the second layer. Like it, it's not the grabby, the grab you story. Yeah. It's like, let's dig a little deeper story. Hmm. Anyway, I'm being nitpicky, but yeah, but the stakes of two are much higher than the stakes in my opinion, I, I are higher than the stakes of one. So you wouldn't want to go backwards. Agree. I know. I, I completely agree with that. If there was a way to uh, tell more of a, um, compelling story in one and then get more like politicky and nitty gritty with two. Yeah. You know, I think that's my point. I think there was a way anyway, two's better than one bottom line, but I think one does do some heavy lifting for the series, lay some good groundwork. 
I think it's worth mentioning that in like one, one of my favorite things, and I don't oh. think this will be too much of a spoiler. Uh, one of my favorite things is that interplay between Jackson and Diana, which is she, Diana's the head of MI. Well, no, no, no. She, she's not the head of MI. She's, she's high. She's high. Se- second, she's second chair. Yeah. In, second chair uh, in MI5. And, MI5. And um, so techni- technically she's in charge of every, you know, Jackson and his whole outfit, but there's a way and their back and forth is awesome. And he's, there's like a way in which he's like the slacker who, you know, he's just slacker all around drinks all the time and is dirty. And there's all sorts of jokes about how he never showers and all this different stuff, but he's an old school spy. He, he, he's the best. He's a burnout. He's not a reject and there yeah. he's not like a screw up. There's yeah. a big difference there. Yes. He was the best of the best. Yeah. As far as like, he wasn't, you know, and I want to be clear here. He wasn't like kicking butt. Like he isn't a spy, like a James Bond spy. Like this right. is like, a, this is someone who was a master of spy craft. And so anyway, he was the best and he was a burnout. Yeah. And I think at one point, um, Diana explains, you know, why he burned out because of the crazy stuff he had to do mm-hmm. for the for his country. And anyway, I think I think they do make a point to, um, like color in his character adequately. Like you don't yeah. just think he's like ripping farts and yeah, yeah, oh, you know, right, eat, right, 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 eating yeah, noodles point. real sloppy. Like I do feel like they well, he does all those things, but yeah. he does all those things. <laughs> so like you could easily be like, man. This guy's just dirty. Yeah. But he, <laughs> you could tell he's like a genius also. Oh yeah. And um, that's actually a great point to bring up because one of the beauties of this show is some people are in slough house because they, uh, screwed something up like river river messed something up. So now he's in slough house. And then some people yep. are in slough house because they were just like too good at their job or they burnt out or like, um, Christopher Chung's character, Roddy, who is like the techie guy. Um, he's in there because he just wouldn't follow any of the rules, but he's the mm-hmm. best techie guy. No yep. doubt. He's better than anyone, anyone else has. So well, one guy was in there cause he was a gambler. Yes. Like it, it literally is. It could have just been anything. Yeah. You know, um, the writing seems exceptional. Yeah. Real good. Yep. Which, I mean, which the, has to be if a if a spy thriller is going to keep you going, it it has to be great, and um, especially in those dry periods. story and dialogue for sure. Yeah, are are like the two the two big things there. Um, I mean the the back and forth between there's a lot of back and forth between River and Jackson also. Yep, yep. fantastic. The, yeah, that I, might be my favorite pairing. Uh-huh. If I'm um if I'm remembering correctly. Yep. Uh, kind of the young and old um but they're it's just like this um crazy uncle and nephew relationship it's really it's really good stuff yeah and there's also a way in which it so to keep your attention the show has to be funny which it is it has some funny moments but it can't mm-hmm. be too funny and make the whole thing a joke so, or make it seem too lighthearted yes. yeah that's exactly right and they that they run that line perfectly uh-huh yeah <laughs> but but at the same time middle of the scene Gary Oldman rips a big old fart, but, and the beauty of his humor that's like that, I think is he always uses that to his advantage as a spy, <laughs> which is very interesting. So like he's bumbling, he acts like he's bumbling, but he's really not. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there's oh. uh, it's it's not a spo- it's something that happens in season two, but it's not a spoiler at all. But when River see- when River goes to that noodle restaurant and he's getting he's got the noodle thing, and River bets him whatever it was like fifty bucks that if this happens. And then um, he just dry deadpan plays the whole thing off, waits for it to happen, and um, then pays with so so Gary Oldman loses the bet or whatever, and then he pays with Rivers fifty bucks that he had gotten out to show that he was, it, it, and he just plays the whole thing perfectly. Oh yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah. You know when I win the bet, you're supposed to give me money, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah. Keep the change. <laughs> so good, so good. I think there is a. Uh, one thing we do see is like a graduating or a growth in the characters between uh, from season one to season two and the respect Jackson lamb is just 100% like just disrespects these, these people uh-huh. all the time. Yeah. It's funny, but at the same time you're like, good heavens, you know, like take it easy. And I think one thing you really do see him start to rely on them more, start uh-huh. to trust them more. Yeah think to himself maybe they do know what they're doing occasionally i don't know yeah it, it is nice to see especially after watching season one it's nice to see a little bit of growth there yeah uh, so. well i would also say though my only beef not i don't know if it's my only beef but one of my main beefs with the show would be um they do a pretty good job of their spying and in many cases it's like oh mi5's too red tapey to get anything done and we're, you know, they're there to investigate this thing. And so it's like, well, they're clearly doing this better than like, sometimes it, they do it too well. Like we mentioned before, these people are, they were in MI5 at some point. Right. Yeah. They are good agents or were good agents. Yeah. They do know how to do something. Cause I mean, the way he talks to him in season one makes you think this is a group of people that they found off the street. Right. They don't know how to tie their own shoes. Yeah. And it's worth noting that they're like, they, they washed out or they could have, yeah. Like we said before, they could have ended up in slough house for some small reason. So they do know how to do some stuff. I think. Yeah. uh, And there is kind of, some are better than others, but I feel like the main thing is Jackson lamb is still on top of his game. He's still smarter than everyone. And I think it, when he runs an operation, you know, it's going to be, it's, it, I don't know. It's just going to be really good work. It's going to be really good television also. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I think it works out here. Anything else for the first section? I mean, the only thing is we skipped past characters so fast that I wanted to point out that. Um, oh, we did? Well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. We didn't skip past it. We, I never got a chance to bring up Catherine McCormick is in this. And I don't think I had seen her since spy game. Um, and so oh, you're I, right. I and loved that's... seeing her. I, it was, that was great. She's in season two I th- only. Yeah. But, um, I was just like, Oh man, spy game. So I didn't, um, know her name, but I did recognize her right away. Yeah. And I remember she was in that and it's, I thought it was interesting that the last thing I saw her in was a spy. Yeah. Show as far as I know, sp- I don't know, you know, spy movie. So, Anthony, we recently released an episode on The White Lotus, and we discussed specifically Jennifer Coolidge and how we felt like her Golden Globe win was undeserving. Our main grievance was that we felt like she plays the same person in everything she does. I think you were a little more gracious here. You said 
you added, but I haven't seen her in that much stuff. I think I, I think I doubled down on that and was, you know, pretty driving the point home there. Um, and we actually then went on and we released like a clip of it and kind of highlighted it a little bit. Um, let me tell you the finish line here, just so you know that I'm going in some, someplace useful. Um, and, and then I'm going to tie this to the actual slow horses episode. I feel like Gary Oldman is one of the great character actors of the past 30 years or so. Um, he has some beautiful performances of fictional and non-fictional characters. He rarely jumps into a role and just plays himself. Um, so there's that. That's kind of the end point here. Okay, back to Jennifer Coolidge. We, or rather I, was criticized for that hot take and how similar things aren't said um, about a care or about an actor like Harrison Ford uh, when he plays himself time and time again. <clears throat> now, in this specific context, I want to be clear. I don't feel like the criticism um, was very well grounded. Um, first. We didn't let anybody off the hook in uh, the White Lotus. We talked about Jennifer Coolidge. I feel like she was the only person that deserved that criticism. And um, I think we we really talked a lot about how the acting was one of the best things about that show. Like the, mm-hmm. there was a lot of good actors. A lot of people really did their job well. Jennifer Coolidge was just not one of those people. And she just happens to be the, the name at the top of the pile because she won the Golden Globe. You know, she uh, several good female characters like Connie Britton, who plays different characters. Well, Sydney Sweeney, uh, Brittany yeah. O'Grady, there was lots <laughs> yeah. of good female characters in, in yeah. both seasons. Uh, those names are just the ones, um, you know, coming to mind. Um, and <clears throat> I feel like the criticism is assuming uh, if we did do an episode on a show starring Harrison Ford, we would either let him off the hook or maybe even end up praising him for his performance. Mm. Now, we can get to Harrison Ford in a few weeks because we're doing an episode on shrinking yeah and you know we'll talk more about him then but the question of why men are often praised or lauded for this type of of performance just playing themselves um and women are criticized for it stuck in my crawl a little bit Mm -hmm. um it was definitely a burr under my saddle it stuck with me um because i i do want to be able to do that in fact, I even said to the person, Harrison Ford has earned the right to do that. And I mostly stand by that. I really feel like there is a handful of actors and actresses, for that matter, mm-hmm. that have cultivated a character, mm-hmm. like a character that they play often, but it is their on-screen persona. It is yeah. something, it is, it is a personality they have, they have created. And when they are cast in a role person decided you know the the director whoever they want what they do they want what harrison ford does that cast tom hanks tom cruise they want what they do you cast kate blanchett meryl streep uh sally field they want what they do Mm -hmm. these aren't character actors these are leading men leading women Mm -hmm. so i i mostly stand by the fact that there are people who have worked hard years and years and years and years cultivating a character that they can now play Mm -hmm. over and over I think, though, that the point of women being criticized for that more than men, though, has some merit. I think there mm-hmm. is there is a discussion yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I want to let good show. I want to let good show off the hook, though, because we did our episode on Terminal List and how Chris 
pratted all over that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we criticized him. We've criticized John Dutton for Yellowstone, how basically just um, uh, Kevin Costner, rather, for Yellowstone and how he just made his voice gravelly and created John Dutton. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we have taken plenty of men to task for like for similar things. Yeah. Um, so I'm not necessarily worried about worried about good show as a whole. We've done our due diligence, I feel like. But but broad strokes now. Why is it more acceptable and why do those leading men get selected over oftentimes a great character actor like Gary Oldman or, you know, no one else is coming to mind, but character actors who really get lost in the character Mm -hmm. and in many ways end up being more gracious to the rest of the cast and to the story because they don't make it about themselves. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, Brendan. We're out of time after that question you just asked there. <laughs> Listen, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to steal the, the thanks spotlight. Thanks for joining us this week on Good <laughs> Show. <laughs> uh, I had a lot to say. I wanted to make sure I was being fair to everyone. And, yeah, sure. You All know, right. I, I do have several thoughts. I have several well, thoughts. Get it out there. Let's go. Number one thought: If we're going to have a basically an opinion show <laughs> on the internet show. that yeah. we post. Uh, on the internet, we know that's not going to go well sometimes right. for people's feedback on what they think our opinion is. Yeah. And so you should be more like me and have just have alienated every one of your friends in your past <laughs> so they don't talk to you anymore. Can I say that though? Um, that's a good point. I feel like the criticism or the actual exchange itself isn't what bothered me. I think what it did do though was get me thinking, you know, and, and, yeah, and sure, sure. raise some questions anyway. So yes. go ahead. My number, my second thought is yes, it's a fair point that for the specific example you gave, women are more criticized than men, as with almost everything in life. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. women just generally get criticized more than men. And it's, it's always a fair point to bring up, which is what's difficult about this conversation. Point number three, I thought, was. <laughs> I'm not sure I see the exact correlation here where it's where uh, I I do see the correlation, which is that you were, you got this feedback around the same time that we did the slow horses episode and we just Mm -hmm. put out white Lotus recently. So, um, but Gary Oldman compared to Jennifer Coolidge is not a good comparison because he's, he's an exceptional character actor who does morph who he is in different scenarios. And, I just can't get around the fact that I think it's a pretty fair claim to say Jennifer Coolidge in what I've seen her in plays roughly the same character most of the time. Yeah. And I, and I still stand by what I said because I feel like I have seen her in quite a few things and I don't know that I would be able to, um, keep my reputation if I named the things I've seen her in, but I think it would. I think I've seen her in two things, <laughs> but well, legally blonde is one of them. Oh, and I, I don't remember that. Yeah. Anyway, so American Pie is my other one. That's a, that's neither here nor there. I I think though, it comes down to, and and this is unfortunate. I like what Harrison Ford does. I don't like what she does. Yeah, yeah. You could say this. I think that's sp- probably the bottom line, and that's now. The one difference I think might be um, you're not, we're not comparing award winner to award winner because really the only thing we took Jennifer Coolidge to task for was winning the award for that performance. And so if you wanted to say 
in whatever Harrison Ford shouldn't have won an Oscar in I don't know Raiders of the Lost Ark because he won because he because he was same, basically Han Solo yeah because it was Han Solo in the jungle or whatever that's a fair but that's not didn't happen and that's not what we're talking about we're mm-hmm. talking about um I you know if maybe if Connie I hadn't thought about this till now if Connie Britton would have won the Golden Globe yeah maybe but <laughs> they picked out. I think the overriding point with Jennifer Coolidge was they picked out the one person that's in both seasons mm-hmm. because they felt like maybe this show deserved some sort of award mm-hmm. and they gave out that award to her. And I just don't think it was for outstanding acting. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I'm a little torn because I don't, I'm not insecure about the comment at all. I, I think it was a fair comment and yeah. Um, I just don't think I, I'm not sure somebody who I, I think there's a fair argument to be made that, like I said, in almost every situation, women are more criticized and overlooked than men are. And that's the same here. And we will let men off the hook more often than uh, and when you say we, you just mean society. Uh, you really is what I'm trying to say. Um, well, I'm but yeah, no society. Yeah. Now's just the time pile on now. Cause yeah. I'm apparently taking <laughs> yeah. us down. Get me, yeah. um, get me on the way down. Yeah. So that, that's, that's always a fair. So let's take, let's just pause for a second and yeah. think, think about what slow horses would have been like. Here's my connection. Here's my connection. With Jennifer Coolidge in it. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> but let's think about what slow horses would have been like with Tom Cruise as Jackson lamb. Or Tom Hanks, whoever, whoever, sure, a male leading man, sure. It l- loses steam for me, course, like automatically course. thinking about that. Yeah, of course. This story, this show, is better because of character acting, because yeah. Gary Oldman is playing an insanely well crafted character. Yeah, he's not playing himself. No, yeah. I, I would even say that that doesn't, that doesn't exist. Uh, Gary he's Oldman, also not, he's also not playing commissioner Gordon. It would, yeah, exactly. I mean, you think of commissioner Gordon, you think of Sirius black and Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did Churchill not that long ago. Um, he does characters really, really, really well. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of times when if you're able to get kind of lost in the role and put the character in front of the actor, the story is stronger. Mm-hmm. I think that would be my only tie. You know, I, I think sometimes if a story's thin, if, um, I don't know, they just, there's just not a lot there. They get a big name. They stick it in front. I yeah. mean, I, I don't want to keep, I don't want to keep kicking the terminalist in the groin, but that's exactly what happened. It's not like a great story. Yeah. They put Chris Pratt in front and think this is going to do well because people love Chris Pratt. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's true of everything. In fact, you know, I, I feel like Harrison Ford often adds to whatever he's in. Um, I feel like Tom Cruise mm-hmm. often adds to whatever he's in, in a big way. But I think here, I think the story benefits from a character actor. Yeah, no doubt. Long I, way around to that. Yeah, point. I think probably, I mean, it's an interesting question to compare Jennifer Coolidge and Tom Cruise, I guess, because 
Tom Cruise is the same thing in everything. Mm-hmm. Recently, yeah. at least. Uh, I think, you know, earlier on he was more diversified, but, um, yeah, that's an interesting question. But also when was the last time Tom Cruise won an award? He doesn't care about that. He doesn't. And, and, um, and I don't think that he, he doesn't deserve one for any of these. He makes very entertaining movies, but he doesn't, you couldn't give Tom Cruise. Well, I mean, I, you can't give him an Oscar for top gun it's not you know that's not what this movie is so i think the award part of it was the the issue it's like yeah. this is the most outstanding acting performance you can name from that year mm-hmm. it's just it mm-hmm. seemed like a yeah not correct and i otherwise other than that we're just talking about what we prefer and yeah sure i, I don't prefer jennifer cool's performance which doesn't matter at all and maybe you do and that doesn't make me right or right. You, you know wrong um it's it's the award aspect. And I also don't care about awards very much. So neither do I. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to air that did a little I, bit. Yeah. I, did I get did I help did I, I I think we're I think we're starting to flesh the argument out there. I think we Yeah. I think I'm I'm sure we we left some stuff hanging, which, you know, it's fine. Well, I guess I'm trying to admit that I'm ad, I'm admitting that the the question that's called the question that's called into calling us to task here is a fair question is this happen to women more often than men yeah for sure it's not even well, nothing that, to talk and about. that's really like that's my deeper question i think the the question yeah. that's calling us to task i i i feel like the best thing it did for me was get you know get the get me you know jogged a little bit in the head yes so the deeper question i i didn't know if we, there, there was anything more to unpack there i think you know i think we've exhausted it to some degree. Um, yeah, I, I'm happy to admit that that's probably the case. As long as I don't have to admit that Jennifer Coolidge did a good job in white Lotus. <laughs> no, she did not. She did. Unfortunately, not. unfortunately this person who was advocating for Jennifer Coolidge just got two episodes worth now of us <laughs> crapping on her performance. Yep. <laughs> and I will continue to do so until we've all learned our lesson. <laughs> What's the lesson? I don't know. We have to learn it. We the lesson it. is this is an opinion show. <laughs> That's right. That's correct. So the story about screw ups, I don't know if there's anything else to add here because we did talk about oh, well. this a little bit. A story about screw ups, I find in any form a little odd just because mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. people prefer, you know, I guess now I'm second guessing myself because I guess there is like a place for the bad news bears and, you know, the, like the underdog, the, the Rudy's, but those aren't really the screw ups. Like think when you're we're right, talking totally. like yeah. the, the spy, those are like the underdogs. This is like the rejects and, but this is like a spy story. People love the elite operator. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but it ends up being very compelling. Uh-huh. You know, this story, this story specifically, is there anything else to add about why something like this works? Uh, maybe broadly and then here in slow horses. Yeah. Um, well, uh, so I think, uh, number one, first of all, you, you said, why does it work? Um, and I think it's, I think it's basically, we relate to those characters yeah. a little more than we do the yeah. smooth operator. Um, we, we admire the smooth operator and that's great. And we, and it's very entertaining to watch, but in this case, they may be, do 
spycraft more like how we would do spycraft in some cases. And in some cases, like Jackson Lamb's still the best and he's not doing it like I would do it. And he's just a, a reject for a different reason. But we like non-perfect stories because we know nobody's perfect. So I actually think now that I'm thinking about this, the same principles apply um, with an underdog story with Rudy, yeah. with, Ro- with Rocky. The same things apply. We yeah. relate. We relate more to underdogs. They're easier to root for. Um, yeah. So I think you're, I think we're seeing a lot of the same principles. It's just you know we haven't really seen them in a spy setting. Yeah. Um, it's really a fresh perspective. Like I said before, on this, well, I also think we tend to really like, um, or I we I don't know. I tend to really like demons um, in mm. people, and so when you have. Um, you never really learn what's wrong necessarily with the MI5, the people in the main house of MI5, but each person here has some quirk or something wrong with them. And so yeah. even like the gambling addiction, like um, there's a bit of redemption there in the sense that like, well, just cause I have a gambling addiction doesn't mean I'm not really good at something else. Yeah. Like, no, that's not a good, that's not a good thing or, or with river, like, Oh, I, I am maybe, rivers vices that he's too, um, passionate or, too, you know, something like that, um, too, too pure. And that's why he messed up that, mm-hmm. um, for initial training exercise. And so with him, it's just like, yeah, I can relate to all these demons that you have. And I have those too. And I could still be of use in a story like this. Yeah. How does a story like this hit us after like a slew of, you know, the old man, Jack Ryan mm-hmm. terminal. How does you, how does this, I've said, I've said fresh perspective, but how, how did it hit you specifically? Um, I liked it. I like to take on the, there's a really good mixture of, there's a, a good mixture of several different things in this. So it was like, I really did not like Tinker Taylor soldier spy. And I see where, how you could draw the comparison to this um, in, in mm-hmm. that, but this is darker. It's more skeptical. It is um, it's, the demons are very present. It's not like a real buttoned up thing. And it's everybody kind of like stumbling into the right answer sometimes and not really being incredibly passionate about getting the work done, all these different things. It's just a very relatable story. Um, and the spy thriller is still really fun, um, but it can get very boring. And this one tempted me with being boring at certain points, but it was not, it like powered through sort of. Yeah. And that, and that's really how I wanted to wrap this up. Yeah. Was if you describe it to someone and and you're like spy thriller, but there's no punching, not a lot of shooting. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's not a lot of chase scenes. It's more about spy craft, deception, subterfuge, Mm -hmm. um, you know, drops and pickups. And uh, how does this, I mean, I feel like we've, we've really, we've really covered our bases here, but anything else to add? Why does this not put us to sleep? Well, it is suspenseful, even it though it is it's, very suspenseful. What yeah. is suspenseful, though? You know, like uh, you're learning answers to things uh, like, well, who is doing this? You know, who's who's the culprit here? So a little bit um, of a whodunit, like sure, a little, some whodunit for uh, sure. Uh, uncovering a little bit of a mystery also. Yeah. And then there's always somebody in danger of some sort, like uh, throughout yeah. the series. And so they're trying that is to true. slowly rescue them, sort of um, that that idea. And yeah. The ensemble allows you to hop back and forth between suspenseful moments that 
can drag on a whole lot longer because you only get a little piece of the story mm-hmm. for four, three to five minutes. And then you move on to someone else's piece of the story. That's also suspenseful. And then you move to this piece of the story. That's also suspenseful where if you just had the one and it carried through, it'd be like, this is suspenseful and now it's resolved. And now it's very boring for five, yeah. for a half hour. Um, and when you can hop back and forth, that's really, really helpful. All these different mm. things going on, but then they can also cross paths on their way there. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anthony, is this a recommend? Is this a recommend with caveats? What, what do you, I, I don't recommend with caveats, but I would say like, you're going to get, I would say push through episode sort of one and two probably, and you'll see where you are. And you, once you, you cannot, I don't think stop, stop watching after like 10 minutes of episode one. Yeah. But if you push through the first couple episodes, you're going to know what you've got. And mm-hmm. at that point you can just make a good decision about whether this is something you like or not. Cause it very well may not be something that you like. If you like action, this is not an incredibly action filled. Um, and if you like, it's not, it's a different kind of comedy. So uh, it's not a comedy at all. Sorry. It's, it's, it's different kind of humor is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, but you'll see what you have after two episodes. And, but I will say it's worth noting that season two, I think is far better than season one. This is another one. And I can't remember what we said this about, but this is not a watch while you work. No type show. You yeah. have to pay attention. There's a lot. There's a lot going on and it's good stuff. And I think if you do pay attention, you don't try to busy your mind while you're watching. I think, I think you'll, I think you'll benefit from that. Um, This is for, this is for, this is for someone I think who likes maybe a little bit more of a dense story and can, Mm -hmm. is okay. um, Wading into the, the tall grass a little bit um, with a cold war style spy thriller. I, I, mm-hmm. I think hopefully that doesn't turn everyone off here at the end, but I, I think it is, I think it is heavy on the story, heavy on the dialogue. Like you said, it's not action packed. Um, but it is a really, really compelling, really well done, uh, spy thriller. So I think it's, it's definitely a recommend for me. Well, Anthony, what have you been watching this week? Yeah, so I got some new stuff. Um, the first thing we both apparently watched, we didn't know we both watched it, but we both apparently watched it. So maybe a small, because I also don't think we're going to do an episode on it, obviously. It's not that kind of a show. So maybe we could have a small discussion about it now so I don't take all your all your thunder oh, yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I checked out The Reluctant Traveler, which is Eugene Levy um, mm-hmm. on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, my initial thoughts are... Um, it's beautiful. Every like oh, so, so shot good. so yeah. well. The places, you know, it's really an advertisement. I mean, to some extent, I kept thinking like, this is a perfect commercial for. I want to go everywhere he goes. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, he's got his good little you know quips, and he's he's funny, and so that's nice to have. Um, and so it's an it's a different take on a travel show, which is nice. But also, I do think. In the, I've only watched two so far. In the two I've watched, they're leaning a little too hard on his reluctance, which is fine. That's what the show's called. <laughs> but 
I'll give you an example. So like I'm going to Costa Rica later this year and he has an episode where he goes to Costa Rica and they spend a really long time talking about all of his fears in Costa Rica. I'm like, that doesn't help me very much. Yeah. Um, like all the, all the things that could go wrong in Costa Rica. Uh, Is there a lot of things I've only seen one episode. Oh no, no, no. There's not a lot of things. It's there's snakes in Costa Rica and I don't love snakes. There's also, um, what else was it? Oh, spider poisonous spiders in Costa Rica. And there's, um, Mm uh, yeah, I forget what else, but it was just like, he was going through all of his fears and I'm just like, you don't need to be hitting me with all that stuff, but, um, uh, that's fine. but it's a nice little show. What are your thoughts on that show? Yeah. I, I love Eugene Levy. Me too. I, yeah. I could watch this man darn socks. I mean, yeah. he, he is engaging. He's super engaging. I'm, I'm, I'm really into the show. I think it's, I think it's really good. You know that he was almost Toby Ziegler, right? Yeah. So for the longest time, you know who Judd Hirsch is, don't you? Yep. Okay. For the longest time, I, I knew there was someone who was almost Toby Ziegler. I thought it was Judd Hirsch. Oh, hmm. but I, but more recently anyway, I, this is, this is an aside, yeah. but um, I learned it was Eugene Livy and I, man, he's, he's, I think he's really funny. I, I think, I think the he would premise, have been a poor choice for that show. It would have been a different show. Yeah. Completely. Um, I, I think, I like the premise. I like the uh-huh. idea that he's like, I don't know that I'm going to be doing that. He and is like you traveling around. Probably. So. Yeah. I think that's maybe why I like, <laughs> yeah. I, that doesn't seem like something I'd want to stay tra- here. Yeah. It's toasty in the, in the cabin. <laughs> um, but I, re- I really, I really enjoy, I've seen the one episode. It was the one where he went to Finland and yeah, he was, was like, really mm, good, reindeer, huh? That mm. looks tasty. Um, and that's one of the things I'm actually probably more adventurous on is like trying new things, but, yeah, I don't know. I like I like the idea of the show. It's good. All right, cool. My second thing. Well, let me say a couple quick things. Checked out Full Swing, which you mentioned in our last episode. Watched the whole thing. I loved it. <laughs> um, it was really really good. But for all the reasons that you said last time, it's definitely worth checking out. And if you um, followed, like now that I understand a little bit more, um, if you followed the whole live golf thing last year with uh, the battle and all this stuff. Uh, I got the impression that, um, since I don't know if you knew all the stuff that was going on last year, I actually got a little bit of the impression that this was sort of a (laughs) propaganda from PGA because they really make the live golfers look bad and they really look the PGA, make the PGA golfers look good. I will, but generally speaking, I like the PGA golfers anyway, more than the, I already thought the live golfers looked bad. So that's fine. I agreed with everything full swing did, but, um, it did feel a little bit weird at certain points where it's just like, well, you're just trying to make them look bad still. The it's awesome. Just like the rest of these. I also watched season two of make it or break it, which is the surfing show, which is at just Apple li- TV plus, right? Yep. Apple TV, Apple TV plus that's just like full swing and nice. it's season two is great. definitely you should pick that show up for mm. sure. Pretty fast. Um, I'm, current on hello tomorrow which is there's another episode since the last time i talked about it it's uh getting more interesting sort of and so i'm still sticking with it um and then um it has a twilight zone feel did you check it out i saw the okay. first it does have a twice yeah ad i've ever seen for it oh, okay uh it's like um oh it has like a 50s sitcom feel but it's like it, well, the only thing I can think of right now, which is not a great example, is like WandaVision, how everything's a little weird. Yep, yeah. You know, it's not quite, every, nothing's quite right. Like you can't put your finger on it. Anyway, it looks, it looks good though. It looks funny. Yeah. There's nothing about the Twilight Zone in it, but it, I, you're exactly right about the feel. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, there's at least at this point, there's no Twilight Zone element to it, like yeah. story-wise. Um, but it, yeah, it's maybe worth checking out. Um, I thought it was worth mentioning, since I talk about soccer so much, the yeah. MLS streaming service launched. The first game was last week, uh, this last Saturday, the first set of games. And the, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool universe. And um, so if you want to watch any MLS, you have to go to Apple TV to watch it. You have to, sometimes you have to subscribe about half the games last Saturday were free, but in order to kind of watch this season, you'll eventually have to subscribe unless you're a season ticket member like I am and you get it for free. Okay. That was my question. I just was under the assumption that you pay for Apple TV plus. I know. I know. Yeah. So it's like called season pass. Correct. Mm Mm-hmm. And now are there always going to be some free games or are they just there, having some? there will always be some free games. Okay. Yeah. Every well, week, up, but they're going to ro- rotate which teams are free. That's better than MLB. Yeah, for sure. And there's going to be a lot of free games early on. They're trying to get you hooked. And then, so we'll see what happens. I mean, but the, any idea what the uh, season pass costs? It uh, wasn't, no. it didn't seem like it was a lot. I think, yeah, I think it's like, I don't know. It, I, I, I thought I saw it. It didn't seem like it was a lot. It wasn't a ton, but also they had some really weird, go- like there's a lot about it. That's really good. And they had some really weird technical issues. Like, um, during the first, Oh, that stuff for sure though, would be, it, I'm I mean, sure that would happen, you know? Yeah. But well, there was a dude like during the very first initial broadcast of the pregame show for the first set of games, there's just a dude for way too long, probably two minutes straight where he's like, check, check one, two check, check, check over the people. <laughs> He's checking a microphone. It was so, so like rudimentary. Oh, uh, that is awesome. Okay. Finally, the thing I watched, I checked out the consultant on prime video, which is, oh my gosh. How did I just blank on his name? What's his name? Oh, uh, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Um, and the girl from uh, White Lotus and um, Brittany uh, O'Grady. Yeah. Yes. She's, she's a very main character in this show. I have no idea what's going on. I'm three episodes in and I have no idea what's going on. I'm not sure I enjoy it very much at this point. I'm going to continue watching until at least I understand what the premise of the show is. But also like Leah came in and I was watching like episode three. She was like, how is it? And I was like, I have no idea. I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. I can't tell what's going on. She was like, how far are you in? And I was like three episodes. Mm. I'm three episodes in and I still kind of have no idea what's going on. I, I think it is literally their answer to succession. I think it is. It's nothing like succession, at least yet. I'll have to watch it, but it, the fact that they're labeling it a black comedy, I don't see any black comedy either. It's crazy. It, I, I mean, well, I, I believe you that they think this. they think they made a black comedy. I think that's my point. They, they think they made one. So whether it is, whether it is or isn't funny, I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're under the impression they made a black comedy to compete with the white Lotus and succession. I think, it's not, it's not anything like those. And it's not, yeah, what, that's just making me like it less because it's not doing that. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't like, there's a bit of a theme with like, um, I do not care for shock value stuff. And this show starts on a shock value thing. There's a couple shock hmm. value things. Are, and I just don't like you replacing narrative with shock value, like capturing my attention with something shocking uh, rather than writing a good narrative. Um, yeah. And this is based on some, a novel of some sort, but I, so I'm not making a comment on the novel, but I, I will see. We'll see. I'll keep you updated. I guess that's sure. it for me. 
So first of all, I'm current on shrinking, current on The Last of Us, current on Poker Face. Did you watch Poker Face yet? I have not watched the most recent yet. No, it's it's different. It's unique. It's oh, cool. uh, yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it's it's unlike some of the other ones. Um, so I'm I'm all caught up on those. I started watching Luther again. Mm-hmm. Luther stars Idris Elba. It's mm-hmm. a dark, dark, dark crime drama from the BBC. It's on Netflix for a while. There's going to be a new made-for-Netflix movie, so I wanted to do a little refresher, kind of just to you know to pass the time. But Luther is just not a show you pass the time with. It's it's yeah. rough. So, uh, but it's good. It's really good. I mean, it it would remind you a little bit of Sherlock in some places, although I think Sherlock is has a little more lightheartedness to it. Um. Anyway, brand new season of Drive to Survive came out just came out i think like past couple days last friday i think yeah holy I've, cow i haven't watched I f- any of it i yeah. forgot how hard it was like just to breathe while this show yeah. like it the, there was a funny one one of the funny thing funniest things that have, has uh, been said so far toto the um principal from mercedes mm-hmm. they were like hey are you ready for this documentary and he was like <laughs> what you guys do here is closer to top gun than a documentary. <laughs> and I was like, that's exactly right. I mean like that, it really caught me the right way. Cause drive to survive is absolutely, they're telling us their story. Netflix yeah. is telling their version of the events. And uh, it's, I don't know. It's, it's really compelling though. Like yeah. it's awesome. And I think they're, um, I think it really has created this whole, especially in America, mm-hmm. this whole new group of fans for, for formula one no doubt yeah so i think that is yeah that's everything for me nice we should do an episode of all these whatever, that's what i i was sp- yeah sports docu whatever yeah and like do uh some some like take one for like 10 minutes and another one for 10 minutes because we're not going to do a full episode on any of them but we love all of them so that's yeah yeah i think that'd be a gr- that'd be a great idea does it for this episode of good show good show is created recorded edited and produced by anthony mako and brandon sharp our theme music was written and recorded by me anthony and all our graphics and socials are developed by brandon if you've enjoyed your time with us please make sure to like or follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode and if you appreciate our show please throw us a rating and a review there too if you'd like to discuss any of our content, you can search the Good Show Facebook group or follow us on Instagram at the Good Show Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.